Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joyce Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting in all kinds of music. Wouldn't it be nice <laughs> if we were all... <laughs> Let's get to it! So it's really funny because like I don't think I've had had that video referenced to me uh-huh. or that song referenced to me in a long time. And then like you guys showed us that video, and that's in every single Fallout seventy six promo video. Oh, and so I've just yeah. been that song has been on repeat in my head so much recently. That and Africa by Toto. 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 My little dog from uh, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Who used to look? No, wait. Was he black or white? He was or, a black dog. I'm pretty oh, sure he, he was. Yeah, white. yeah, he was little, yeah. Little black uh, Scottish Terrier. Yep. Yeah, Scottish totally. Terrier. You're entirely right. Scotty, Scotty dog. Scotty, Scotty. So don't. this episode is all about mm-hmm. the Wizard of Oz <laughs> and the Beach Boys. <laughs> Beach Boys. <laughs> the Beach Boys. The Beach Wizards. That's a good band name. The Beach Ooh, Wizards. That's the a good Beach band name. Wizards. I feel like. I mean, it's got to. I feel like a, I mean surf rock, but like with some very like eighties, um, yeah, like the wizard, w- wizard guitars or the uh, the like really well, pointy ones. Oh yeah, I could yeah. see that. I was gonna say like you know like the Who inspiration or something like that. I mean, there, there was a movie that came out in the eighties starring Fred Savage yep. that was called the Wiz. Is it called the Wiz? I think, or is it the Wizard? By the little the kid, like he's the Wiz was like a black production of the Wizard of Oz. Ah, sure. so it was right. the Wizard, yeah, the and Wizard. Mm-hmm. it was a video game movie. Of yeah, some sort, it was right? a, yeah, it was about Nintendo. Like this kid is like a prodigy at Nintendo, and huh. Fred Savage and some girl like take him around to mm-hmm. try and get him to. I don't know. And then there's like yeah. a bad guy who wants to take the little kid. Seems video like game there's powers always a bad guy. <laughs> Uh, Next movie, Bad Guy 101. <laughs> I'm pretty knowledgeable in, uh, you know, 80s video games. I know a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Clearly tell. Anyways. Anyway. Are we, hey, are we, back? Are we doing that? I don't okay. know. Uh, <laughs> any of that could have been in or out, but uh, Who's we'll to find say, out man? later. Who's to say? Who's to say? Wizard of Oz. The Wiz. Yeah. Boys. Meets Beach Boys. We'll just leave all that in. Hey, yeah, we've sure. been back for a while. Uh, the thing we were talking about at the beginning. <laughs> the parrot and wouldn't or the wouldn't it be nice thing if, mm-hmm. if nobody's seen that real quick because i know the two you guys have because my wife showed it to you and uh chad your wife thought it was the funniest thing oh my of the gosh, universe yes. she was literally crying like yeah. inconsolably it's... crying for so long it's just one of those nice wholesome things it is so if you just want to have a good time whoever you are that's not the three people in this room that already know about it uh look up parrot dances to beach boys or parrot wouldn't it be nice or a parrot whatever and it's it's just a parrot dancing to like 10 seconds of that song and it's the jo- most joyful thing it really a is joyous and eclectic mashup it's of, not super it's not very eclectic, eclectic. yeah I mean, it's, it's pretty much just the one thing you're you're pretty right hey but um <laughs> how's it how's it been going it's been a while we didn't do it's something last week we didn't even mention it to anybody that we didn't do it but i mean it's true People realized because it wasn't there. So. It wasn't. It was not <laughs> so. there. There was a gap of time where there was no podcast. Yeah. This is very and true. why was that, Matt? Why didn't we do an episode last week? I don't know. 
Oh, okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> Neat. Well, All right, see ya. <laughs> so last weekend, we went to the Smoky Mountain. Yeah. And stayed in the cabin. We did. And we stayed in the cabin. That week. With the good intentions of recording something there to use as a mm-hmm. podcast, and then just kind of completely forgetting and or deciding that sitting around and playing Peggle was a better yeah. decision. It was definitely some mixture of the two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, I, yeah, it's I just got sidetracked with Peggle. Yeah. <laughs> that, that Peggle game, that, that Peggle hustle. Peggle, too bad we didn't cocoa. have a fun time or anything. Ugh. Yeah, that's uh, way yeah, too bad. The worst. But yeah, we got back, or Ashley and I got back Sunday night, but you guys all got back Monday and stuff, and so we were just like, well, it's just not. I'm going to rest. Yep. Yeah. Get some downtime. Also, it was just a crazy busy week. I mean, yeah, like, yeah I ended up having to, I only went back to work for two days and then i had pto and my wife and i were supposed to go to charleston south carolina we didn't really? end up doing that oh. but we just had a staycation at home yeah. but then our cat got sick yeah that's lame yeah so it was a crazy busy week is your cat Probably peeing now is that... uh yeah he's doing all right okay cool <laughs> yeah poor little guy couldn't go to the bathroom oh, but <laughs> so we, and you uh, still don't know why he wasn't for a while uh, we're thinking it was some sort of like Anti-disestablishmentarianism, anti-disestablishmentarianism, anti-disestablishmentarianism. Um, kind of thing. Isn't it weird that now you're an adult and you understand what that word means? Mm-hmm. Like I remember being a kid and some adult trying to explain to me what that word meant and the fact that it's the longest word in the English language. That's which is like not Does true it, if you include like I think uh, there's like some proteins that are like mm-hmm. well yeah way longer like just scientific whatever. terminology yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, just what, weird. What, what does that word mean? Anti-disestablishmentarianism. So establishmentarianism is like, well, I guess, you know, it's I guess you're I kind don't... Of against the, study the of overthrow of governments <laughs> yes. or something like right, that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, good job. I mean, yeah, it sure. kind of sounds like a double negative yeah, word. It is. Well, yeah, because yeah, you're... It, like, disestablishmentarianism you disestablishmentarianism being for, yeah. against the establishment. Mm-hmm. And then anti-disestablishmentarianism being against the overthrow of mm-hmm. an establishment. So what have you guys been listening to this week? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome what? to our etymology slash cat pee uh, <laughs> podcast. Oh, I don't man. have a good podcast name for that yet, though. You know what? Uh, etymology pee. Uh, That's, wow. you know, solid. Catemology pee. Uh, <laughs> I, hey, I, I've been listening to, I guess, a bunch of stuff here and there. Um uh, but not like super intensely. Two bands came out with new albums, and they've been a lot of fun. One was Silent Planet, and another one is Emery just came out with a new album that I just listened to for the first time. Uh, some of it on the drive home today. I didn't listen to a whole lot of it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really have a lo- whole lot of thoughts to share on either one. Um, we played a show on Saturday with my uh, father-in-law's band and all that. We're uh, usually like a lot of like 80s covers and that kind of thing. Um, but then we did... Uh, it was like a gospel show, so some of those were like you know newer, just worship songs or whatever. But then a bunch of it was also like older, kind of worship. <laughs> there like gospel songs. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, or <laughs> I just remembered the Jesus rap or whatever that. Uh, nope, nope, none of no. that. This is my homeboy. Yeah. No. 
Um, so yeah, but it, it went. The guy doing sound did a fantastic job, and usually that's like our biggest issue is nobody can hear anything. And there were a couple of songs that yeah, I had not like. I heard for the first time as I was playing them up oh, on yeah. stage, Uh-oh. which is like, yeah, probably not how that's supposed not to go. Ideal. Well, yeah. No. <laughs> Part of that is the fact that the song titles. I just listened to some of the wrong songs. Like oh, I was yeah. told, like listen to. I, I granted, I was given a CD with songs on it. I just. Uh, I know where the CD easier. is, but I just like didn't go back and grab it or whatever. So I just didn't listen to it on the CD. So I grabbed the song names off Spotify and I was like, A Beautiful Life. Here's a song called A Beautiful Life. I'll listen to that. And then later found out like, yeah, A Beautiful Life is like, it's one of those old gospel songs. And I was like, crap. That's definitely, so that one I listened to and a couple other ones I listened to. But yeah, there were a, a couple that I just completely skipped over and whatever. But happens. all in all, it went pretty well. This happens. Nice. So yeah, that was me. What about you guys? Uh, really, I guess what I've been listening to a lot this week, I, I listened to Fru Fru's album at some point at the beginning of the week, which is a really good album, and like, I like that album a lot. But it made me think about like, there was a, I guess a short trend there of like take some obscure electronic instrumental artist and then pair them with somebody who has a little bit of recognition, and you get kind of a, a pop duo. Hmm. from it Mm -hmm. and then i was like you know i haven't actually listened to the postal service in a while (laughs) and so i've listened to give up like three or four times this week Every time I listen to it, I'm just like, yeah, How does that have I really to do like with this. Fru Fru? Because so, I know that's some other producer and Imogen Heap, yeah. but like, what's the story there exactly? Well, I really so know. I mean, that's, that, about that's all pretty much it. It's just oh, okay. Imogen Heap was an artist, and right. then this guy was like, ah, oh, I like your music too. We'll collaborate and do this thing, Fru Fru. Do we even know who the guy is? I don't know his cool. name. Yeah. I, he hasn't done anything like really recognizable that I remember. Oh, yeah, of Ralph course. Ralph Lauren or Cal- Calvin Klein? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. they, uh, they both wear clothes. That's yeah. something they're known for. Yeah. But then, uh, so the postal service was Jimmy Tamborello and uh, yep. Ben Gibbard mm-hmm. and so, of the Death Cab for Cutie. Yep. The Death Cab for Cutie. Well, I am an old man all of a sudden. <laughs> hey there, kids. Did, has Jimmy Tamborello done anything else? I mean, he has continued to be just Jimmy Tamborello doing his like electronic. He, he, he does a project called Dentel, which I think is still fairly popular. Um, I mean, in the like, yeah, Dentel Washington <laughs> uh, is fairly popular in like the electronic music uh, sir, uh, culture, I guess we'll mm-hmm. say, um, but not, I mean, not as big as like Death Cab is yeah, for sure. Right. For sure. But there's actually a pretty funny when uh, the 10th anniversary for Give Up was coming out. Uh, Ben Gibbard and Jimmy Tamborello did like a little online skit essentially with like a guy who's just sitting there with Jimmy Tamborello and they're like interviewing different artists to be the like singer hmm. for the postal service. That's interesting. And it's really I've funny. They, something like yeah. That they just grab that. like yeah. a lot of random people like hmm. Moby and weird owl and all these people. <laughs> and they do kind of like weird renditions of postal service songs. It's funny. That's real fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I did some things today. I was lounging around the house and I thought, you know, I need to get my 2018 best of like prepared Whoa. because I like to go I, usually every year I'll, I'll sort of like compile maybe like a playlist or something of my favorite releases of the year. And to be perfectly honest, nothing this year has been like a complete stunner for me. But yeah. then like then I went back and, and I was like looking through some of the history and stuff like that. 
and there have been a lot of great releases. I just kind of forgot that they came out this year, or like I listened to them once, and I was like, nah. But like 2017 was a really, really great year for me personally. Like a lot of bands that I really enjoy had a lot of great releases, and it's been kind of stale this year. There have been, like I said, some really good releases, but um, I went back and was doing some research on that, and I went and listened to one of my more notable uh, ones that came out this year was Janelle Monae's album Dirty Computer. If you haven't heard of Janelle Monet, she's uh, kind of like an R&B neo-psychedelic artist. Um, it's, it's like super poppy, electronic-driven music um, with like more of just like a hint of R&B, like soul vocals. Um, but I mean, she raps and she's an incredible singer. Uh, but like her songs just have like a super throwback vibe to them. Like this, this album in particular is completely reminiscent of Prince which I love. I mean, like, I love just a good dance beat. I'll talk a lot about dance music tonight with our topic, <laughs> but uh, this album was really, really a tremendous release, and I went through and listened to the entire thing today, and, like, it's just pretty much single after single of, like, you know, just good hopping sweet tunes, and uh, I definitely recommend checking out the song Pink uh, and the song Make Me Feel. Um, yeah, they're they're both really good, and that might be... Mm, that might be my favorite of 2018. I don't know. There's still two months left or a month and a half left in the year. So there might be some real good Christmas records coming out. They're that very you well made. And especially Chad will love. Yeah. Chad loves Christmas music. I just love Christmas music. Jingle, jingle, Christmas time. Jingle, jangle, Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're totally stuff. getting into that, too. I, yeah. I've been listening to like piano music and like good, fun, like wholesome jingle jingle music lately because you know, i love some christmas music do you know what ashley and i are doing as soon as you guys leave listening to christmas music we you guys are, already have your decorations up yeah i know i'm well, a little we've bit got disappointed just lights in the world. outside we're decorating you got big snowflake thingies oh yeah you do have big snowflake that was thingies. we bought those like midway through the christmas season last year and we we're <laughs> like I don't want to put them up. And so <laughs> we just didn't last year. And so, so you're like super antsy this yesterday. year. To you. Yeah. I actually really wanted to like a, probably a week or so ago. And I was like, I, I wanted to have plans to do it ahead of time. Cause when she wanted to do it, like she, Ashley's fairly, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, likes to do things spontaneous. on spontaneous. Yes, exactly. So she likes to do things like, Hey, we should go do this thing. And I'm sometimes like that, but then, especially with this, it's like, no, I just want to like pick a time and then do it then and look forward to it and stuff. Uh, so, yep, to, it, we were going to do it yesterday and then we didn't end up doing it yesterday besides just doing those lights. Mm-hmm. So, but today we're going we gonna to put up some decks. <clears throat> what do you mean? Decks? Orations. Skateboard decks. Yo, oh. skateboard <laughs> decks. You're going to hang up some skateboard decks that on was the a, wall. That was the first time anyone's ever shortened the word decorations to decks. <laughs> yep, sure is. Probably. You're welcome. First I time I've just checked decos. the encyclopedia and correct. <laughs> oh, man. Um, doing some decks, y'all. Yeah. We also Deck watched Scott Pilgrim vs. the World last night. We almost did that last hey, night, actually. It was, That's funny. I, I just love that movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, we were... At, Lily came over, Ashley's friend, and they were hanging out, and they were like, what movie are we going to watch? And we came upon Scott Pilgrim, and Ashley was like, Lily, have you seen this? Lily said, no. And Ashley said, we're watching it. So Mm. we watched it. Man (laughs) alive. It's just so good. 
I made the mistake of watching a Netflix, starting a Netflix series today when I was at home by myself. <laughs> oh. It's called The Haunting, Haunting? of Hill House. Oh, oh, yeah. Everybody's talking things. about that. That's a real spoopy one. Yeah. <laughs> I got through the first episode. And At least I, you're watching liked... it during the day. <laughs> yeah, I was. But it was like rainy and cloudy out. Yeah. And yeah. I had the fire going. And it was super dark in the house. And it was windy. So, like, the house was creaking. <laughs> and I just, like, after the first episode, I just looked to my left and looked to my right a little <laughs> bit and, like, all right, we're good. <laughs> we cool. No, no spooky things here. No spoops. All right. Well, what yeah. are we talking about today, Parker? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do the talking thing. <laughs> so today we are talking about. I. I, I well, yeah, mm. I, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> Can you feel the haunting of Hill House in the air tonight? Um, so tonight we're talking about genres that have disappeared. Where'd they go? The world may never know. It's not Halloween anymore. We can't keep doing these spooky topics. Spooky episodes. Oh, you know what? Yeah, this one actually, I guess, would have been decent. Well, except for some of the genres we're picking, like, not at all. Not spooky. Not spooky genres. But uh, actually... What I'm, happened to Halloween house CDs? <laughs> Remember those CDs that you could buy? Like, I think you could probably oh, still yeah. buy them. It's just like creepy music. Probably at the dollar <laughs> store is where you would buy them. Oh, no. What happened <laughs> to them is Spotify That's the made playlists CD. instead. That's right. Mm. So... Um, but yeah, so genres that disappear. Do you think they what, still make WoW CDs? Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, man, there's a totally a market for that. Who's this? Who is this Adele Christian girl that's like taking over the whole Christian what? scene right now? Um, What's her name? Uh, well, I don't know. She's Adele Adele Christian. Girl? She sounds just like Adele. Uh, okay. I I think I know who you're talking. Is is she a lot more it's poppy N- though? Nina something maybe? Yeah, she, I, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I, I don't think know. I just heard a song of hers recently. Um, I listened to like two or three songs off mm-hmm. the CDs she's got. Boy, it is no. <laughs> she is literally. <laughs> Like Adele, like I thought it was Adele. I'm yeah. like, oh, she put out a worship album. Nope, <laughs> no. it's just this new person. Interesting. Which is irritating. Like, what is up with this revival? Oh, sorry, just a side note. Uh, if you haven't heard, there's a band out there right now called Greta Van Fleet. Okay. Who is? Um, Say it one more time. Greta Van Fleet. Okay. Cool. Okay, so these guys released an EP last year, and it got pretty big critical acclaim. People were like, "This is like the new like these guys are bringing back rock and roll." Like, mm. oh, uh, rock and I know roll. what you're talking about now. Yeah, uh, I listened to this EP not having heard the songs. They're like 17 year old dudes from Michigan or whatever, and uh, they like dress all in tight leather, like super 70s throwback. Uh, I popped on this EP. It was literally Led Zeppelin. Like it they sounded <laughs> note for note like Led Zeppelin in the vocals and the guitars, the grooves, in everything about it. In it in in exactly the yeah. way that like if you were at karaoke and somebody played a Greta Van Fleet song, you'd be like, "What Zeppelin song is this?" <laughs> like they sound literally yeah. exactly like them. Well, they Which just kind of hard to do. I feel like to like it is, and that's the trouble. Is like yeah. not only are you like you're ripping off Zeppelin, which is like the last thing that like Zeppelin yeah. ripped off everybody else yeah. too. But that's it's a different story. <laughs> they made it their own. These guys are literally just yeah. right sounding yeah. like yeah. them, and they just released an album and it got trashed like people hate it they're like it's it's no substance it just they're uh-huh. just trying so lazily to be like zeppelin uh-huh. and they're all good that's the problem is that they know how to play their instruments yep. and they're obviously pretty pretty good with their things uh but they just sound terrible and like i've noticed this revival lately of just art new artists emerging out of nowhere mm-hmm. that are like note for note exactly like somebody else that's super popular which i don't yeah. know no that's definitely I mean, I know that's always happened to a certain extent, but artists yeah, typically make it their own. And I, I wonder know. if there's any amount of um, 
with the invent of Spotify and playlists and that kind of stuff, not the invent of it really, but like mm. the way that that works, if it just works for the algorithm a bit better where, you know, like you can be put on a Led Zeppelin playlist and then you get a bunch of plays because like people wouldn't really notice oh this is something very different i should turn it off like you would just get plays from that maybe and then you know people would kind of dive into that i don't know like that's kind of my only thought there because on radio i don't know if that would i can't you know when radio itself is the main thing like Mm -hmm. i can't imagine that would go that direction well and i do think there's there's a marketing aspect of that where it's like okay well if you like zeppelin but there's no new zeppelin Okay, now these kids are making new Zeppelin. Yeah, right. And it's, I mean, like, from a creative standpoint, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's stupid. Like, I hate <laughs> that. That's, why would you just yeah. make something that's already been made? But for people who don't care and just right. want more Zeppelin? Yep. I guess. I mean, I, yeah. I guess, yep. yeah. I think that's, I mean, there's tons of music, as we well know, like the, you know, we've talked about a lot of times bands that, I mean, like, Nickelback doesn't think, from the sounds of it, they themselves don't think they're doing anything crazy new mm. and awesome or whatever. They're just doing it. Cause it's like, we're making music and a lot of people enjoy that. And we're like, making we're making money, money for it. And like, yeah. awesome. It, everything's great. We're having fun, <laughs> you know? So I feel like there's lots of people that enjoy that aspect of music where they're just looking to have a good time listening to music, but not necessarily looking for depth. So if yeah. something sounds exactly like something else, then there you go. You got it. Yeah. I don't know. But, I think there's a right way to to take influence from artists that you love, yeah. and then there's a wrong way of doing it. Well, there's oh, a no. creative way and there's a lazy way. I think oh, it's no, maybe more so than right and wrong. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not I'm not like excusing what they're doing yeah. at all. That's why I said like from a creative standpoint, like that totally sucks. Yep. Um, but from a marketing standpoint, I mean, it makes sense. People, I mm-hmm. think people will buy it. I think it sucks. I think it's a terrible thing to do because it's not just paying homage at that point. It's not right, like right. I got influenced by this person and I'm going to take that inspiration and make something with it. It's, oh, we're just going to kind of do what they did because <laughs> it worked. And like, that's all we listen to also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just want to do that more because like rock and roll's gotten terrible. Well, the, <laughs> that's the worst part about Greta Van Fleet is nowhere in any interviews on any like liner oh. notes do they ever thank Zeppelin or wow. say that they were yeah. influenced yeah. by Zeppelin. That's bad. Like they just completely leave that them out of the equation. That definitely makes it seem like they just know and they don't yeah. want to mention they it. It's kind of the elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe people won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody noticed. <laughs> but I gotta imagine it's just like suburban dads that miss the glory days of yeah. rock and roll yeah. that are like eating this music up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 100%. Anyways, I wish that was a genre that would die out. It's just blatant <laughs> ripoffs of other stuff. Yeah. No, and that's exactly, I mean, so yeah, the the topic, honestly, I thought about it, about it a, a while boot, ago. You thought about it? I thought about it. Um, I don't know what that was. That wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> it was kind of a bad Canadian accent. No, it wasn't even was meant to be. I apologize <laughs> to all my fans for what that was. Sorry, all um, you Canadians out there. Uh, yeah, I thought about it and I thought the, about getting some maple syrup and eating at Tim Hortons. <laughs> Go to Tim Hortons, get my milk in a baggie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. Oh What's my that goodness. Stuff I'm trying to think of. Um, uh, it's it's fries with gravy on it. Oh, poutine. 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 Get yeah. my poutine, Neary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop. Um, yeah, I'm. I actually don't really want to go first, but I'll explain uh, the one. I can go first. The genre I first that, I, time, that but... I thought of, at least for yeah. this, and I'll, I'll bring it up later. Was I was like, whatever happened to like experimental music, quote unquote, which was like kind of a genre defined like early two thousands metal that did like. Mm-hmm 
like we're gonna do weird stuff that's all like so complicated like industrial and crazy. kind of you'll find out when metal. we get there but yeah it's it's not quite industrial it's just and it, it's not experimental in the sense of like it sounds like experiments or whatever in the sense that industrial sounds like you know, it like literally <laughs> industrial metal sounds pretty much like oh, well, it's like pipes and factories <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah, uh, there's some elements of that, but no, experimental. It's more just like I. Well, I'll get into it later. But I was like, whatever happened to that genre? And then I was like, yeah. there's probably other genres kind of like that that just sort of they still exist. They're there, but they sort of meshed into being other things. Mm-hmm. And the pure form of that, like, there's probably like 12 bands that are doing it that aren't popular and nobody cares about, sort of a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I was just curious. Uh, I'm sure we'll all take slightly different angles with our different genres. But the the roadmap is we each picked a different genre and a bunch of songs from it, and we'll mm-hmm. just kind of talk about. It. So yeah, go for it, Chad. What you got? Yeah, for us? no. So it was funny. I was thinking about this and I was having a hard time deciding what I was actually going to talk about because there there are some like genres of music that have come and gone and that sort of thing and do I see Two Door Cinema Club on there? Um, yes. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Sorry. I, <laughs> you can cut that out specifically because that has nothing to do with what I'm talking <laughs> well, about. Well, I mean, it'll come up uh, later apparently. Yeah, apparently. Um, no, I... Out but, of curiosity, what were the other genres you were thinking about? Well, besides I, you know, you I did think some of the like post-hardcore kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like specifically, you know, early two thousands post-hardcore that mm-hmm. wasn't really metal, like like yeah. the Devil Wears Prada and Chiodos mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. That that I do think died kind of around the time that dubstep became a thing mm-hmm. um because i feel like a lot of the kids uh, like i feel like a lot of what this has to do with is f- the fans kind of getting tired of something and moving on to something mm-hmm. else and for that for that specifically I, I really feel like it was like most of the kids that i knew who were super into hardcore mm-hmm. were only interested in like the breakdowns right like they just wanted heavier and heavier breakdowns yep. and <laughs> there 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 comes a point where you have a guitar it can't get any heavier <laughs> yeah. like it, you cannot have a drop that is any heavier unless yep. you start doing it electronically yeah and that's kind of mm-hmm. what dubstep dub dubstep it's getting with the dubstep there was wow. um i really gotta stop <laughs> uh, here we go Grab your passports. Back together. i'm here <laughs> i'm in the u.s i'm from tennessee <laughs> um, so that there dubstep uh, is really what we hit i've got to stop yeah. doing accents Back um, in tennessee <laughs> Dubstep was kind of hours like later. Yeah, seriously, yeah. I'm just gonna go through all the accents that I can, um, badly at that. Uh, yeah, dubstep is kind of where I, f- I saw a lot of those kids go mm-hmm. after hardcore stopped being popular. It was dubstep, and then some other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think really what else. I mean, you know, grunge and mm-hmm. that whole sort of scene, and then I, indie folk to an extent, sort of. Uh, but I don't like indie folk, so right. I didn't really want to talk like about Mumford and Sons. Kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah, 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 totally. Uh, that whole group of people, um, and whatnot. Yeah, uh, which actually would have been relevant to another topic that we talked about. Uh, anyway, all of that to say, mm. the, the, oh right, yeah, yeah, the music genre, the music genre that I ended up going with was like that. 2000s era indie rock just mm-hmm. indie rock and it's kind of it ha- it's like specifically guitar rock i i know indie rock is really broad and that's that's part of the problem with the term is like indie rock mm. can be applied to things that are still around today and things like death cab yeah where it's like that's not really what i'm talking about yeah. like death cab was proximate to that you know genre because it was also indie rock but mm-hmm. it's kind of a different sort of thing this the sound that i'm specifically talking about was that just like really grungy guitar work with like 
pretty haphazard vocals that was I, I to me it was like really championed by bands like the strokes and to an extent the white stripes kind of like earlier stuff before they just got mm-hmm. like bluesy and like blues rock influenced mm-hmm. and uh the hives and the arctic monkeys and all of that sort of thing because man and france ferdinand i guess was a huge part of that and i yeah. feel like a lot of the bands that i knew about that were in that scene were specifically coming out of either britain or new york um just kind of those like bigger cities um and it's just really interesting to me because the style of music really seems like it came a lot out of the grunge movement because it was it was really the early 2000s and once grunge started to decline you know you you got like the boy bands pop music that was coming out and a lot of the like really squeaky clean like pop music and then there was this return to like dirty garage rock for a minute yeah yeah it was like the blues rock revival Mm -hmm. era like i remember kind of being in high school and people talking about that being like yeah you know all this because i mean as i've said before i was in the classic rock so people were like you know you're in the classic rock you'll like this new stuff that's Mm, coming out now and it didn't interest me at the time yeah. it would later on but yeah. like at the time that it was actively happening because it was still new mm-hmm. i didn't care like yeah. how old it sounded but yeah. that was a, that yeah. was the cell is like mm-hmm. it sounds old yeah and it sounds right. very like self-produced like mm-hmm. it, yeah it, it, again when you talk about the white stripes like mm-hmm. you just kind of have to do that whole thing of like well, well yeah, they're doing it all it themselves was. and trying and to yeah, make it because they're recording it with old equipment and all yeah. that sort and of out thing. of curiosity too so i mean indie comes from just like independence mm-hmm. how, how many of those do you think were independent bands like just not signed to or like i mean it it was more than you might think but less than probably would have admitted to it yeah (laughs) well the scene i think like i mean i've read uh i've read the white stripes uh bio book Mm -hmm. and yeah their first two records were made completely in their living room and they went unsigned for a long time Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until their third record distill that they got picked up by a label Mm -hmm. and uh that was like their first major tour but back then it was like yeah the the scene especially in like the northeast like mm-hmm. michigan and, and new york was growing so rapidly mm-hmm. that that's where major labels or like smaller labels like sub pop at the time yeah. focused all their attention on so that's why you get all those new york and like yeah. northeast driven bands coming out of there at the time is yeah. it me or this this is a bit of a tangent but just in in relation to the unsigned thing. Like I remember in high school with, uh, when pure volume and MySpace were big thing. And it's like me and my band and stuff, um, bands being listed as signed or unsigned, like on those pages. And like that being a thing of a band was like, seemed like a really big deal or whatever. Whereas now there's, I just don't even, I'll go to an artist's page and be like, Oh, they're signed to this label. Cool. Like, or they're not. <laughs> I think for a long time it was kind of like, you know, if you're signed, it's like a status thing. Yeah. And and for a long time it was this is just how you get music out. Yeah. You don't totally. have you don't have access to getting mm-hmm. your music to hardly the amount of people that you do unless you're signed. Yeah. But I think it was it was partially like you know if you were into skating at all mm-hmm. like the guys who were signed to a you know skateboard deck or sk- yeah. signed to a, a specific manufacturer of some sort of clothing, like that was a, a kind of a badge of honor i yeah. guess yeah. um and so like when you're in high school it's like oh man if we could just get signed like that would fix every problem we, right. we'd suddenly mm-hmm. have all this success and huge fame and all this stuff but now and i mean part of it's in in response to bands like Arctic Monkeys who figured out that like, oh, you can kind of just do stuff and throw (laughs) it all over the internet and just like 
throw it out to as many people as you can and eventually like you'll get you just have to do it yeah and kind of using the internet you can reach a much wider group of people than you ever could before mm-hmm. um and i mean like soundcloud has proved that with the rise of soundcloud rappers as a specific yes. like subgenre <laughs> even um and spotify i mean i like i know tons of people now that have music on spotify that it's not like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not an impressive thing no, to me that your yeah. music's on Spotify at this point. No, I remember like, when my well, I had any put music it on <laughs> iTunes at first, and it was like my music is on iTunes, mm-hmm. and that was yeah. like a big old deal. And now it's like I, I the only reason it's not is because I just don't feel like paying for it, and I'm lazy. And well, like, yeah. <laughs> but it, I know at any given time that I could have mm-hmm. music up there within like 48 hours yeah. because it's just <laughs> that easy to just do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the the other thing about those early 2000s indie rock bands is they they were lucky enough to catch the first big wave of internet mm-hmm. music. So yeah. part of the reason they gained notoriety is because it was the first time that they were, like anybody was plastering their stuff just all over the internet. And yeah, social media, that, that, was, that was huge for them. Mm-hmm. So getting that notoriety, like indie rock was going on in the 90s pretty, like pretty heavily in, in a lot of areas of the country, but because people didn't have access to the internet it stayed relatively small like there's the whole elephant six movement that i think i've talked about on the show before that came out of athens georgia where you get bands like neutral milk hotel and of montreal (laughs) like they all came from that city and they came from that same general area um and like but that back then it was it was a collective of indie rock it wasn't Mm. like this explosion of like cool indie rock and yeah those bands obviously went on to get signed and stuff but yeah the internet was like you know that was the first i I guess myspace was like what 2003 2004 and then when it started up yeah yeah probably gaining something like that and then probably through like 2007 or so yeah Yeah. and then you could also like if you had your myspace page you could plaster a song on it yeah yeah that people yep. can't avoid yeah no um but let's go ahead and <laughs> yeah and let's I, listen, listen to, to at least say. an example of it just so people know what we're talking about and probably i bet you look good on the dance floor So that's kind of what the entire genre sounded like. <laughs> it is funny. I mean, just listening to the beginning there, it had a. I haven't listened to the Arctic Monkeys besides a tiny bit um, mm-hmm. a long time ago, and it wasn't that song, that's for sure. The beginning <laughs> had a lot more similarities with kind of like punk and mm-hmm. like you know kind of the hardcore stuff going on mm-hmm. at the yeah. same time. And so I think the differentiation really is that like them going to like clean guitars and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff at some points and having um it's not really screaming like they don't scream it's no. not angry sounding and necessarily the singing is like it's not like high-pitched like mm-hmm. clean emo mm-hmm. singing or whatever that's super melodic it's yeah. more like kind of talky mm-hmm. stuff and i don't know yeah that's and interesting because yeah, that's not even that what was... i would have thought of as indie rock yeah either yeah, I, I think that's one of the big differences between punk or like the pop punk movement that was yeah, the yeah, big sure. that was the big thing in rock at the yeah, time, totally like, especially amongst younger audiences. Like that's what you could buy at mm-hmm. Target and mm-hmm. was was like the 
uh, Newfound Glory CDs. Yeah. <laughs> I only mentioned them because I had like three of their albums. <laughs> but but you yeah. only like the old stuff. Oh. I bought that because I was trying to stay cool. Oh, uh, the I was getting on that Green Day. Also, train. I remember one of Newfound Glory. I think it was Newfound Glory. One of their albums had like a couple making out on it, and I was like. Yeah, this is how I'm going to get a girlfriend. Out. Like, this is going to teach me everything I need to know. Nice. I'm going to make and out the did. cover of this CD. Did not do that. Is that what you meant? Oh, oh no, that's not what you meant. Oh, sorry. sorry. Ooh, no, I certainly never did that. Ooh. No. Ooh. But, no, yeah, I think a lot of the indie rocks, it, it's it's the more self-produced mm-hmm. kind of sounding yeah. stuff. Like, it's not super polished. It's not as polished as something yeah. like pop punk. But I think it also, I mean, that song is a good example. It's a little more three-dimensional than a lot of the mm-hmm. pop punk stuff, which stayed in heavy guitars, and it stayed yeah. in, like, you know, the same kind of drum beat, and mm-hmm. there's, like, three different kinds of drum patterns going on yeah. there. And- well, and I feel like there's, there's sort of a, a lot of facets to what mm-hmm. makes this what it is. Because, A, like... I don't think it, the composition of these bands was always just like two guitars, bass player, probably one of the guitar players or have a, another singer yeah. and then you're going to have a drummer. Yeah. And like, that's pretty much it, which mm-hmm. is if you're going to self-create all of your music and self-record and mm-hmm. produce everything yourself, that's pretty much the best case scenario <laughs> of just like easiness yeah. to record and make sound passable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's you're mainly not going to hit nail it first try and make it sound amazing, but it's going to sound passable. Yep. And when you're doing all of that yourself, you get those little like, Oh, that's kind of quirky. Like it didn't really play it perfectly or he didn't nail that necessarily, but it kind of makes the song better. Cause it doesn't it sounds, clash with too many other things. Yeah. At maximum. Yeah. It just sounds like what they would sound yeah. like live and that's fine. And definitely one of the things that to me screams indie rock compared to the post, uh, the pop punk stuff or whatever is the guitar tones mm. with pop punk and metal and all that is very like, those are a lot more like, lots of drive mm-hmm. and game yeah. kind of stuff as opposed to more like kind of crunchy mm-hmm. overdrive or kind of distortion stuff. At yeah, that point, yeah it's just I, I don't know honestly i'm not good at the terminology a lot more itself, pop punk but... is built on hooks too like uh mm-hmm. there's yeah, a lot totally. more uh, like catchy vocals and yep. uh i don't know just easier to consume yeah uh, well i mean even this this song doesn't really have a melody like it doesn't mm-hmm. have a strong melody because yeah. it's his voice just kind of like sort of singing these lyrics and they, i mean he technically has a melody but he doesn't really like change pitch a lot right yeah, it's, it's a lot of just like sitting monotone. on that same pitch yep. kind of like a um the killer song mr brightside yeah like I he just, just sings about one to... note the whole song and it's just like so, wow you out really of curiosity just... so mr brightside is the first song i ever heard of but that was like by an indie band and what that meant yeah. to be mm-hmm. an indie band or whatever where did that fall in in your experience does that fall like at any kind of turning point in indie rock, or is that still kind of the beginning of it? Or I mean, I it is, I included yeah. Mr. Brightside yeah. in, in this. Like, I, I just threw a bunch of songs on mm-hmm. this playlist, and because I couldn't really decide which ones I wanted, and I included Mr. Brightside because mm-hmm. I I, I kind of do lump that first album at least in with the like mid two thousands indie rock yeah. concept. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. I feel like it kind of had a hump around like really the mid two thousands, and that yeah. was like as good as it was going to get. And then all of the bands in that genre either died mm-hmm. and went away, or they started doing stuff that sounded completely different, right. like the Killers, mm-hmm. or like the Arctic Monkeys. They got a lot heavier. Um, like we <laughs> talked about them not not long ago, and that's what made me think about this genre actually at all was because it was like, <laughs> holy cow, this whole genre kind of died out. Yeah. And um, or the Strokes pretty much stopped playing. Like Julian Casablanca still does stuff, but mm-hmm. the Strokes mm-hmm. stopped in 2013, yeah. or they have at least haven't put anything out since then. I don't know if they're doing anything recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put out an EP like two years ago. 
yeah, Albert Hammond Jr. is doing his own solo yeah. stuff too. They all went on to do their own projects. And, but. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. I mean, Mr. Brightside or the killers in general, I feel like is, was when it became mainstream was yeah. right around mm-hmm. that time was like, and also that, that album to me seems a little bit more like melodic and palatable maybe than a lot of the other stuff is. And that's probably what helped it yeah. be more mainstream or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that's just interesting. But Which it also yeah. makes sense that when it goes mainstream is also when it starts to die. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, there, there's just an element of like people start to get tired of it, yeah. and especially this this genre is really built on pretty simplistic chord progressions, very simplistic guitar playing. Um, I mean, there are, there are some intricate parts that'll happen every now and then, usually from like the lead guitar player, like Nick Valencia and Albert Hammond Jr. from the Strokes are really good examples of like fantastic guitar players who can mm. really rip when they need to, but they just don't most of the time. Like mm. most of their songs are just chords yeah, and they yeah. and they'll switch between like two chords for a really long time or uh interpol has mm-hmm. their song pda like it's just chords and, and what makes that song cool is the fact that like the rhythm guitar player and the lead guitar player are playing different chords the whole time mm-hmm. so they like build these bigger chords yeah, out cool, of the yeah. smaller chords that they're playing and that's cool but it's not hard to play or anything like that and there's only so long that you can really do that and it'd be interesting yeah necessarily right i mean yeah that's the same for any genre yeah like it, it i don't know it, it, indie, indie rock itself like early 2000s indie rock yeah that that subset of it did die out just the the plain old crunchy guitars mm-hmm. and going back to like what you said about how like yeah those bands were super talented and i think they they gained more talent as the years went by yeah, like for after sure. they got signed and were able to play play more and produce more and stuff like that uh there's like a natural progression of the music sounding more technical yeah. because maybe because it got boring after a while just like punk got boring with the same three chord progressions <laughs> um uh, but I don't know, maybe because like it, it, those, uh, I think a lot of those bands are around now because they were able to evolve the way that mm-hmm. they did and produce more technical music. Yeah. Even though it doesn't sound anything like, well, they yeah, did no, and, and I'm not begrudging them for changing. I mean, that's what they had to do. Sure. And I, and I think that that's acceptable. I don't love the Arctic monkeys new direction, <laughs> the lounge <laughs> no. music they've started yeah. doing, but that's uh, kind of a whole other thing. Um, mm-hmm. let's listen to, um, Stu creeping up the back stairs or back door creeping in creeping up the back what is it? creeping up the back stairs by it the was Fratellis. back stairs I said it right the first time the Fratellis So see, if you just heard those two songs back to back, it's like, that's the same person singing, right? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Man, you know what? Not going to lie. Like, I again, I haven't listened to a ton of mid-2000s, you know, this genre, indie rock of this variety, but I also know why I haven't. It's largely yeah. because I really don't care much for it. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean... It- and so that's, I mean, besides, again, the, the bits of stuff that I've heard of um, uh, the... 
That band we were talking about before. Arctic Monkeys? All right, nope. The other one. Mm. The Killers. Oh, yeah. Killers. Because that stuff is more melodic, yeah. I appreciate it more. Whereas these other ones that are not so much, like, I just don't really care as much about. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. again, I think a lot of things I say is funny because I listen to <laughs> varieties of metal that a lot of people would be like, that's dumb, though, too. I'm like, yeah, but it's dumb in a different direction, yeah. and I like that direction. Well, and <laughs> again, I think a lot of it just has to do with context and, yeah. and when you heard it. Like, for me, a lot of... like. If I heard this today and had never listened to it before, it would be like, I don't know that I really yeah. necessarily care about mm-hmm. it. But I listened to it a bunch growing up and yeah, especially totally. like early high school and stuff. It's what me and a lot of my friends were listening to. And like the first few bands that I played mm-hmm. in, that's the kind of music that we were like. We were trying mm-hmm. to be like the Strokes. Yeah. And, and I think a lot yeah. of it, too, is a lot of indie rock, indie rock is just fun music yeah, as sure. well mm-hmm. i like weird as it is i don't care about fun music most yeah. of the time like that's well, just I, not i don't really now yeah. like i don't seek that right. out i, I yeah. usually try and listen now more for like challenging things or things that i haven't heard before mm-hmm. and so it is kind of wild for me to think <laughs> back and think like i liked like 14 bands that all sound the same and i i talk <laughs> crap about indie folk all the time yeah. for doing that same thing <laughs> so yeah. yeah but see that's the thing is like back in 2004 nothing had sounded really like <laughs> yeah. this before yeah it's true it yeah was, right or maybe maybe it did it was just like a rehash of old uh-huh. stuff that like it was a new direction of yeah. stuff that people had done before um i don't know i think yeah music it, rock music in that time went to two different directions it went to pop punk and then it went to indie rock <laughs> yeah and those were like then it split off from there and they both died <laughs> <laughs> fizzled out shortly afterwards yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I still enjoy it. Like, I love Costello music. It's I think it's oh, a really yeah, no. good record. It's a fantastic and album. I, I take it for what it is. It's not, like, one of my favorites or anything, but it is very fun. Like, yeah. if, if you are in the mood for, like, a, just a fun hop in time, mm-hmm. it's, like, mm-hmm. one of those albums that I feel like you have a beer in your hand and you yeah. just swing yeah. it around. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. Well, like and especially some of the other songs on that album are very, like, you could imagine just a bar full of people singing yeah. these songs. Which, I mean... Yeah, that song specifically, not super melodic. Some other other stuff is. I don't know. If, if sure, you're interested yeah. in checking out some more of Costello music, it is actually super good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will... One last song that I'll play, and then we can stop talking about this. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say Helicopter by Block Party. <laughs> So I remember that song, uh, especially, I remember we talked about this briefly a couple of weeks ago or months ago, or I don't know, whenever we talked about it, um, sharing earbuds and listening oh, with somebody yeah. else. And mm, I remember listening to this yes, with two earbuds. so much because yeah. those guitars are hard panned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to it in earbuds right now, like you just heard it for sure. But yeah, that was, I was listening to it with my sister and it'd be a section where it's just like, nah, 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 nah. Na 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 na. It's like what? Like, uh, that doesn't sound like a song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it gets real weird real fast. Yeah, super true. So that's that's that. I think there was at least one time where I had like my earbuds in and like one of them was starting to go out or something like that. <laughs> I was like, man, that song sounded way different. Why did it sound? Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
hard pan music is fun, especially when they have like the guitar in one channel and then the vocals in another. Oh gosh. So you're going to get Oof. one or the other. <laughs> Zeppelin did that a lot. Not to, not to bring up Zeppelin again. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was always weird listening to like, sometimes you just get drums and vocals. Yeah. Old, I mean, older music or whatever, just mm-hmm. they were panning for stereos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not for earbuds. And so no. some of that just does not. I yeah. honestly, like there's so much. I, I don't listen to the Beatles really, period. It, it, regardless, I know I'm sure that's blasphemous in some regard, um, but I just don't really listen to them that much. But the times that I have, there's some songs that listening in earbuds is just awful Painful, because, yeah. like, the drums are completely on the left channel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Guys, I know you had technical limitations, so you had to do this, but I wish you didn't. I wish you had not done this thing. But you again, it's not their fault. me in 2018 when I'm listening to my crappy little iPod earbuds. Yep. Think of the future, Think guys. Think of the future. <laughs> Man alive. One yeah, day so they're going to be saying that about all of our music when we have, like, totally. mm-hmm. in your own head. It's just happening because it's yep. being broadcast right into your meat flesh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a good time it'll be. What did, what did you start to ask before? Um, I so what happened in Iraq, in your opinion? So all that uh, stuff happened. Well, it just sort of got spent. Like, people started moving on to other things. People got tired of just hearing the same, like, kind of jangy guitar sound. Mm-hmm. And it what started doing do other think, stuff. So you mentioned, like, post-hardcore, you feel like moved into being dubstep. Mm-hmm. Um, so the indie rock music had to, like, funnel into something else. What, like, I don't know, three genres or so do you think have... Well, I don't know if it derived yeah, from... See, I don't know that it actually turned into anything else. I think it maybe influenced some other stuff, but I think people got so tired of it that really it funneled into people listening to entirely something else. <laughs> like, huh. it went, okay, so we're done with guitar music now. We're going to listen to, like, really electronic pop music. And, yeah. Because it mm-hmm. at the time, it was actually kind of the pop music. Yeah, like, right, it totally. was, you know, I mean, even bands like OK Go mm-hmm. and stuff like that were getting massively successful. Yep. And it was like, oh, you're just like a guitar band. And then they got tired of it and mm-hmm. went on to something else. No, so. I mean, like you talked about, like pop punk was the was radio music back mm-hmm. in the day. And that's like, you know, guitar based music and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, well, I and think like, it's crazy rock, to think when Evanescence was like the most popular yeah. band or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like as far as indie rock in the mainstream, that that was part of its death is it mm-hmm. became the mainstream. Right. You know, four or five years after that music came out, it was being played on mainstream radios mm-hmm. and it became like big college rock. And a lot of those songs, I think all three of those songs I've heard in movies. Yeah. Like oh, the no, ones 100%. that we just listened to. Yeah. The helicopter like, was in Yes Man, I think. The yeah. Jim, Jim Carrey movie. What a time. Like, yeah, yeah all, all those songs and all those bands got so huge that they, I mean, people that that became the argument of like oh it's not even indie music anymore yeah. and that's yeah. where people get mad about the term indie yeah. but it just became like a another part of rock mm-hmm. and yeah i mean those most of those bands are still around mm-hmm. and they're still making stuff or they all went and did their own solo music yeah. or yeah they just kind of disbanded and, and yeah wanted, they kind of wanted to form into something different so they just stopped doing it together mm-hmm. yeah again i i really do want to if you want a good example of that they're not doing the same thing go listen to block party's newest album there's a song on there i think it's the first song on the track even and it's called like hallelujah or something like that and man it just is a completely <laughs> different ball game than than that song yeah. was so but, life. yeah it's 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 hard for me because i i mean i guess indie rock is still my main listening consumption but i don't listen to anything that you just like i, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. the last time i listened to arctic monkeys first record and mm-hmm. i don't remember the last time i went and listened to costello music but like 
I don't know. I, I guess indie rock is still like I think, it, in my opinion, it's still being made. Yeah, but no, I just 100%. throw everything into but it just, that. Yeah, yeah, it's a kind of a catch-all. Whereas yeah. this is like talking about a specific, mm-hmm. specific like the the verbiage still exists, but it doesn't yeah. represent the well, same thing anymore. Yeah. Indie, it just saying like indie rock is such a general yeah. term. Yeah. Because like, like it's rock not like now, new metal or right. post hardcore, where those are very like definitive things that you Man, can point. Metal like, has so oh my much gosh, distinction. Yeah. Like, oh, hundred percent. And, and people get fierce about it. Like, no, that is not a garage metal band. Yeah. It is a metal core band. And yeah. don't you dare call it hardcore. With garage it's metal core. Yeah. With garage. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Yeah, no. It's, I remember the first time I was hanging out with, or the first time I went over to my friend Wyatt's house and looked at his iTunes, and it was like. Uh, he had a great job of cataloging oh, all of yeah. his music in like melodic technical death metal and like it, it just very like seven word long descriptions yeah. and I was like man I didn't even know I mean it's all like yeah that's that's what it is like everybody would agree that that's yeah. the thing um, but yeah but iTunes just has like metal metal yeah as the genre. <laughs> and so I definitely did that for at least yep. more than one album mm-hmm. when I was still in my like hardcore days yep. uh, where you you know, import the CD into iTunes and it's like, that's not metal. It's hardcore. Yeah. And then you go through and yep. you change it all or, or that's not hardcore. It's, you know, progressive metal or something. Yep. And you just, you know, change the thing is, is <laughs> iTunes and Apple, and I guess the whole internet helped solidify those kinds of terms. Yeah, too. yeah. Like, for sure. If it's, if it even resembles metal, it's metal. Yeah. If it even resembles anything to do with indie. It's indie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's, I mean, it, there's just so, it's so saturated now that, like, mm-hmm. w- what are we going to do? Come up with, like, a new genre for every new artist? No, no. I mean, the thing is, different. because indie, quote-unquote, uh, indie rock or whatever has been mainstream in some variety, mm-hmm. like, it's it's adapted alongside, in the same way that, like, when you say pop, that doesn't really mean anything. I mean, like, well, yeah. now, yeah. most of the time, it means some kind of electronic-based pop, just usually. something. But um, but it's kind of kept adapting, you know, with the times. And same thing, I think, with indie rock, is it's just, like, it, you can't micromanage the genre definition too much because it's, because it's changed with that. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. As opposed to since metal isn't like all that popular you can just be like no that one's still this specific genre yeah and then if something new comes out we'll actually give it a new term because everybody's keeping up to date with all these yeah, terms yeah. well and, and than, there's not you yeah. know 14 bands that are all in the same subgenre of metal right there's usually like three or four yeah that are that <laughs> yeah. subgenre yeah. and yeah. so it's fine that they're that subgenre mm-hmm. but when you're talking about like indie rock or I, I will say I do think indie folk borrowed a lot of like the ideas from that and mm-hmm. sort of adapted them to a slightly more acoustic sound because um, again I think a lot of the concepts of like music writing and the song structures are probably very similar to indie rock it's just all with acoustic instruments yeah. for the most part um, but that you know you, you end up with having tens of bands of they're all doing the same thing yeah. See, and like, at that point it has to be kind of general that like when you said earlier that you don't like indie folk I was like I know that's not right yeah. because he's talked about Fleet Foxes yep. and Bonnie Bear and Sufjan mm-hmm. Stevens, which to me are all indie folk. See, but that's not indie folk to me. Yeah, which I know yeah. is splitting hairs. At a certain right. point, it's it's like 
what you know bony bear is just indie to me like it's not yeah, even indie folk or indie rock and fleet foxes doesn't fit into that category for me because to mm-hmm. me indie folk is specifically mumford and sons lumineers edward sharp all those bands that mm-hmm. sound exactly the same yeah um, it, at i've some like point, shoved them into the yeah. indie folk category and yeah. pushed them off a bridge at some point <laughs> i guess it's easier to talk more about like bands that sound like blah 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 instead of genre definitions or whatever because yeah totally. you totally get yeah. into that but that's interesting mm. um hey you guys anyway. want to take a quick break and <laughs> yeah. then we've got Yes. Two more. We've got uh what's what's yours coming up in a second? Oh, I don't know. What is it? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's not like anybody's gonna let's find add to like this spectacular three seconds. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break. See you guys in a sec. And the, short, the short film that that you guys should anyway. Which I one? Can't. Eagles are turning people into horses? Or? No, the other one that you said, the, the video that's, that you it's a short film yeah. you people should watch. That one. That's Both the one I like. Yeah. Man, guys, that's perfect. Great. Awesome. Perfect. And Welcome back action. to that thing cut. that's the action things. cut. Stage left. <laughs> uh, do you want it like a thigh cut or a breast cut? No, I'll, an action. I'm a thinking short like loin food. Yeah. Yeah. A ground that, chuck. I realized all of a sudden that could still sound like I was no, talking about. No, I knew what you were. Man. Flintstones? Um, Flintstones are Vitamins? so good right now. Guys, we're so good. We'll do it so are good we tonight. High? I mean, might as well so be. It seems food like. sounds good right now. But I mean, we could go on a Flintstone. We could talk. About, I mean, like it, how they, good is that live Flintstones, Flintstones movie? The, which good. one? The one Not, with John Goodman. Yes, that one. Oh man, John Goodman. John, he is indeed a good man. Uh, he makes a good Fred Flintstone. Have you guys seen? True. Have you guys seen Ten Cloverfield Lane? Yes. No, I haven't. Ooh. I've seen Cloverfield, but Watch not the 10 Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane. It's, I don't know. It's, I it thought it was good. spooky. It's, 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 uh, I don't know. It stressed me it's out. It's medium spoopy. I don't yeah. want it to stress me out. It's a stress one. I know. I know it's going to be a stress run. I don't good, want like, that. We watched it with Chris and Stephanie, and, and it was just like a fun time to watch it. That it, boiling acid scene, It's though. not one, because like some movies, well, I guess people feel differently about movies better. If If I leave the movie and feel like somewhat, you know, satisfied and resolved in that kind of thing... Then any amount of stress within the movie, if it like turned out fun or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I feel all right about. I it's kind of scary movies or spoopy movies I don't like is when afterwards I'm looking behind my shoulder for three hours. Uh, yeah. That's the kind of thing. And this doesn't have any of that. And so, which is part of why I like like Scream as well. well is yeah. I mm-hmm. I just not a big huge horror movie person, but Scream is great because like. The I I remember watching. I told whenever I tell Ashley this, she's like, "Don't say that." No, don't say that. And you're about to. Why? Um, and now the, you're about to say it on a podcast. Yeah. Well, so the the bad guy in it is like kind of fumbly bumbly. Yeah. And throughout the whole movie, I was like, man, you just keep like kind of messing up a whole bunch. And I remember laying in bed after watching that movie and being like, if Screamface like came in this room right now and killed me, like I would just crack up because I'm like, of all th- you, like you really, really? Don't <laughs> She's like, no, don't say it's gonna happen. I'm like, it's not gonna happen. Screen face, vision is boarding it, dumb. Yeah, and it I challenge him to kill me if he can. <laughs> I don't think he's real. It's actually, you know, hence wait, the challenge. It, if he were, I might not challenge him to do well, so. Yeah, isn't isn't the guy who played him like a comedy actor or the guy that like was Possibly. revealed to be him I, at the end of the movie? I haven't seen Scream in a while. Yeah, yeah I don't remember either. I only saw it for the first time like a couple years ago. Yeah, same. Yeah. It was 2012 when I saw it. It was more recently than that. I think it was like just kidding. It was yesterday. No, not yours. When I saw it. Uh, All right. So Blazing who, Saddles is a good movie. So I wanted to talk about <laughs> disco. Blazing disco. Uh, yeah, disco. Where'd it go? It went 
it went and took a nap for a while. It did take uh-huh. a nap. <laughs> it came back. I that's that's the argument that I want to make. People, Interesting. I think disco is like the definitive genre that when people think like dead, mm. it's you know everything's as dead as disco. Like mm. disco is a genre that yes, one hundred percent just died. It had a death day. Yeah, I don't know if like, you guys yeah, no, know I read about, about that today. Yeah, yeah. Um, disco was like it was on top of the world, and then it was just was it literally the day Nirvana the came out with their album or something along those lines? I can't remember. No, 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 no. So disco like officially died in nineteen eighty two. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Go on. So it would have been like eight or so years yeah. before Nirvana. But um, the grunge helped destroy uh, hair metal. But yeah, hair, that's, hair metal. Okay. That's, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Thank you. You. Um, and hair metal was another topic that I thought about talking oh, yeah. about just because, I mean, I, I listened to a fair amount of it growing up. And uh, I mean, it's a it's I, I think it was a pretty huge genre as well. In the oh, 80s, yeah. it was For like, sure. aside from pop music mm-hmm. it was like it was the rock music of the 80s yeah um but I, I wanted to talk about disco because uh, you know i was programmed to hate disco like growing <laughs> up being the classic yeah. rock fan and like everything that came out in the 70s that i loved was actively trying to fight disco like punk like the clash and mm-hmm. and bands like that uh that were sort of like i guess the first examples of indie rock <laughs> like these these guys that were just you know had crappy guitars recording their own music in their in their basements and then releasing that and that became hugely popular um but yeah disco was like the mainstream music from like 1975 to 1980 and of course it got it gained huge notoriety after the movie saturday night fever starring john travolta mm-hmm. yeah. of which the bgs did the main soundtrack but here's the problem that I had with disco. I was supposed to hate it, and I did hate it. You better believe I hated it. I do believe it. But I loved disco so much. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, disco was my guilty pleasure, and I guess it still hilarious. is. Not even really anymore, though, because I'm kind of a proud disco fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I remember one of the very first records I bought on vinyl was the greatest uh, hits of the Bee Gees. And boy... Man, that album, like, I, I ruined that album. It was a brand new copy. It wasn't a yeah. used copy. Like, I bought it new on vinyl at a record shop because I had to have it. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that always resonated with me about disco was the beat. Like, it was, first of all, it was the first kind of music that you ever got, that anybody ever got, that actually had a beat that would stick around and become permanent in music mm. um the disco beat is still very very much alive today and i'll play you some examples four on the floor yep baby the four on the floor beat is the staple of any pop music now mm. at least um, you know the majority of it but it originated in disco well, even the alternating hi-hat beat like you find mm. that yeah. crap in hardcore even yeah. Oh yeah. yeah you're right. Absolutely. Like it's it's everywhere. It's in every genre, uh, in some form or another, and in a lot of genres more prevalent than than others. But um, I'll play some examples of that. But like I said, the Bee Gees were one of my favorites uh, growing up. They were like my favorite guilty pleasure because uh, I loved good like funk music. I, I really I liked funk music, and mm-hmm. I, I told people that like I really enjoyed Stevie Wonder and the kind of like old seventies funk stuff. Um, but I thought that, like, to me, there wasn't much of a difference between funk and disco. So, yeah, it it was the mainstream music. And I know, like, it was it was big and popular and cocaine and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, but um, I love good beats and uh, dancing and 
I love yeah, cocaine. Honestly, I love like, bumper cocaine. <laughs> I, I always wondered, you know, why couldn't people be a fan of both of these? Because back in the cocaine 70s and the 80s, or cocaine and disco. No, no. If <laughs> you were a fan of one, cocaine. you were a fan of the other. No, like like uh, punk music and like yeah. heavy rock music and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and disco. Like you could, you were not allowed to like both. You had to like one or the other. And more people yep. like disco, but that, whatever. Um, but I always liked both growing up. So I'm not really sure why it died other than the fact that rock music killed it. <laughs> um, but it, it, that to me has always been a very interesting concept because mm. nowadays that doesn't happen. A genre doesn't just die because another genre says it needs to die. <laughs> um, and like, I've never known any other kind of type of music that was so shortly lived but so massive um and i just think it was it was i don't well, know it, it was so dead. much bigger even yeah. than just like music yeah. it was like a whole culture of absolutely like what you do yeah like that was that was clubbing like yeah. back right. then it was if you went to a club it was disco and it had like the dance moves that went along with it and then the outfits and the lifestyle and yeah. i think okay so here's my thoughts on that and I'm just kind of spitballing. I think, yeah, it's like you said, it's what you do. I think that's a key component is like, it's not necessarily about the music. It's about like w- why you're listening to that music or mm-hmm. any of that. And so I, it's entirely possible that it was still being pushed a lot. And so even though we hear that, I mean, we weren't around at the time, but I'd imagine it wasn't like everybody still loved it up until the last second. And then all of a sudden they were like, wait a minute, this sucks. It was probably more <laughs> like the industry was pushing it more and more and more. Because that was also when the music industry was still kind of just on an uphill, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, growing or whatever. And so they were just pushing it more and more and more. And then at some point it just fell apart when everybody was like, we don't like this anymore (laughs) because, you know, when they realized there was something else. So like, I wonder what, you know, actual industry wise, it kind of, you know, climaxed at a point and then fell off Mm -hmm. a cliff. But I wonder like people wise, how it, you know, really felt how long it took. Yeah. Yeah. I I almost feel like hmm. part of, part of it was like, yeah, because suddenly it, like you were told that you needed to start hating this music. You right. need to start disliking it. And that became like the culture right. that people didn't want to stop liking it yeah. uh, or stop listening to it, but they did. And it's be- like, I don't know. I feel like it still had more left in it. And I don't mm-hmm. think it died because like I said, the four on the floor beat and uh, like the, the musicianship that came along mm-hmm. with it. That's, that's another thing that like people are always like it's cheap music like it's cheap cheaply made and it's lazy and whatever mm-hmm. there's so much musicianship in disco mm-hmm. and i'll play an Do you example think more towards i wonder if it's something that kind of became bastardized towards the end where like there Very was well. a lot yeah. of musicianship towards the beginning but then as it i mean honestly just like hair metal in a lot of ways a lot of the yeah. where it was like it was rock and then it turned into this other thing where it used to be about the music and now it's about the things the lifestyle. that came alongside and that the music. always happens yeah. yeah and so i feel like it um i feel like that must have happened with more genres than just disco but i think disco is definitely the most prominent one for sure where it just mm-hmm. like fell off a cliff at some point um yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other ones, but no, that's new metal probably. Yeah, actually. new metal is another really great like example. The Lim- Although Limp I guess and Insane Clown, well, Insane Clown oh, to an extent, but like the, but that to me was that never ever, about the music so much as it was about the scene and the culture. Well, for sure, yeah. yeah. But I will oh, also right. say with those, I I still feel like those might have 
adapted into stuff more than disco did because mm-hmm. at least the narrative as it's told seems well, to be yeah. and again we we lived through the new metal type stuff we didn't live through the disco craze so like sure. hard to really say but it seems <laughs> like disco at the time the way it's told you know was like guns blazing and then died <laughs> whereas new metal was like really popular and then kind of just fizzled out into mm. lots of other different things where like yeah. Nickelback is you know has a lot of new metal type stuff Influence in it even though it's or, not yeah. new metal at yeah. all yeah. just has some of that um but yeah I'm yeah I don't know but that's the thing is like I don't think uh, the the narrative isn't correct to me right. people say like disco died I think yeah. it just it went on to become uh, an extreme influence in yeah. completely different genres like yeah the genre itself didn't lead to anything but it influenced so much. Like it, it was a direct influence on early hip hop. No, I mean it was like that's, oh, I mean, what, that's where they got their samples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, and it, I think it bled seamlessly into like the pop music of the eighties, like Madonna yeah. mm-hmm. and Prince and mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, yeah. and oh yeah, yeah. Like that stuff was it. It, it didn't just die. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I mean, you can't listen to modern electronic music even and not see some similarities. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to play anything uh, dancey. Just, just <laughs> in case you don't believe me or you don't think of anything modern well, sounds like you. disco. <laughs> so I want to play uh, an old. An oldie but a goodie. Uh, So this is a song by the band Chic, and it's called Good Times. So not not only did that baseline uh, inspire um, uh, the first example of um, a hip hop song, uh, which the name skips me now, but it's like often considered the first hip hop song, um, is the hip hop, the hip hip hop, you don't stop rocking to the. What is that song? I don't even know. Um, but yeah, if you listen to the the drum beat and the baseline in particular, there like that baseline is the yep. exact same baseline, um, but. Uh, I wanted to play a modern song mm-hmm. that maybe you got a little impression of mm-hmm. there. Uh, the song is called Get Lucky by Daft yeah. Punk. <laughs> Arguably the biggest song of 2015. <laughs> uh, if that's not disco, I don't know what yeah. it is. No, I remember when, I guess it was this song. It was, I don't remember the, the exact song, but I mean, was this the first one that Daft Punk came out with that was like, wow, that's super disco-y? Um, no, I mean, they no. had some other pretty was electronic there, stuff. I felt like it was like on, 2012, maybe? That this was just the first was... time they had a smash hit in a lot of years. There was, yeah. there was, it, there was one a that significant I can gap remember the there, they music video for One More Harder, Time, better, Faster, Stronger. Okay, yeah. so it wasn't either of those. Because, I mean, those obviously have a lot of influences of it, but those are like more electronic based yeah. in general. It must have been this song, I guess. Um, 
where I remember watching the video and hearing the song and it being the first time that I feel like people were like, oh, this is disco. Disco again. Like, <laughs> yeah. and that it's like, it came back overtly for disco the first time. Again? <laughs> like, disco yeah. again? Disco again? Disco <laughs> again? Exactly. As in disco this round two. go oh, again. Oh, I'm oh, saying that's whoa. what you meant. Dis oh, yeah. go. When you say dis, that's God, like. That's my joke. What? You, you can't. Hey, uh, did this you hear. Wiggity, wiggity, whack. <laughs> did you hear about the picture that went to jail, by the way? I, I don't know. I looked was at all the material framed? and I, I, every, from everything no. I saw, it looks like it was framed. <laughs> yep, I that's got the there. one. <laughs> it's time to wrap up. <laughs> that's all for this week. See you next week, folks. Uh, we're not a present. <laughs> wrap oh my up. God. <laughs> yeah, that. What is this turning into? Dads. Uh, we're not a transmogrifier. I don't know. Yeah, Chad's just uh, prepping for dads. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I trying. <laughs> I remember, I guess, this song, and again, yeah, it being the first song where overtly disco had returned, and it was like, okay, and people were like, how how are we supposed to feel about this? But now that we're talking about it, totally, yeah, a lot of these things were influences that were in tons of other things, but mm-hmm. it was the first time, I think, that it was like that beat and stuff, but also with the kind of jingle jangly yeah. guitar, yeah. and that's what made kind of a big difference. Strat sound. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, that that guitar itself like that clean funky guitar like that constant mm-hmm. you know up and down on the the strings and like a lot of palm muting that's a big influence on my style of playing now mm-hmm. and then i listen to a lot of bands that are doing that like uh, i think a lot of more like diy funk like mm-hmm. modern funk like oh, a yeah. wolfpack uh, is oh, a yeah. band that's 100%. completely destroying it right now um I but guess yeah hand technique oh my gosh is weird it's, uh Corey wong Man, yeah that, totally 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 I, yeah that guy I, no, really, <laughs> no. there's like a reverb yeah. video that came out recently and he's talking about like the way that he plays and it's just I don't know. His left hand's not very impressive, but yeah, his right hand doesn't look like it has bones. It's just like he's not, he's not much hilarious. of a lead player, but mm-hmm. the way that like he's an incredibly good rhythm player oh, yeah, just no, because 100%. of that like, like right he hand can movement. Do, he's one of those guys that it's like you do that thing really well, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, but it's amazing. Right. Like you're really yeah. good at it. Good thing you're getting famous off of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you were like asked to play something else, you'd be in hot water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sure he's a really fantastic other stuff player. I'm not sure. They're, they're all fantastic. I don't know at all. <laughs> go on. Um, I've played Wolfpack on the show before, I believe. You should but have. If, if I haven't, then yeah, please go listen to them. They're really good. They're like four funky white dudes. But, but if you want to see a guy's hand look like it has no bones, <laughs> go look <laughs> up on YouTube Reverb and Wolfpack. And, yeah, Remember they, Matilda? Uh, Watch that one scene oh in Harry Potter where he loses <laughs> his arm bones. Arm also true. bones. <laughs> yeah. Creepy. Anyways, there's that. So, so there's that. Yeah, let's just add to the spoopiness of this episode. No arm bones. <laughs> like two weeks after Halloween, we gotta do a Thanksgiving episode. Can oh, we just yeah. talk about turkey songs next week? Uh, gobble, gobble, yeah, gobble, gobble. I I know all all of the turkey songs. All the turkey songs. I'll, I will bring forward one turkey song. All right. I, I got a good turkey song. I will have to write a turkey song oh, to turkey be able to bring song. one forward. Let's oh, all write a turkey, turkey song. song. <laughs> Let's all write a song about turkey. Hey, I yes, we'll play I would be down for that. And it, vote for the best. They're just <laughs> can't vote for your own. Pit them against each other. Sadisco. Sadisco. Yeah, disco is just I, that was kind of the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking of like genres that don't exist anymore. Yeah. Is that's maybe maybe a. I don't know. Maybe that's a lie to say like disco is dead. <laughs> and it is like the, the culture and the scene of disco yeah. is long dead. It's 40 years dead. But I think 
it it's probably a bigger influence genre wise on on any music today than really anything that came before yeah. it. And uh, I love it. I, mm-hmm. I love the disco beats. I love the groovy bass lines. Um, I love the falsetto vocals. I really love some falsetto vocals. You know, Benny Greb came to yeah. uh, MTSU not uh-huh. too long ago, and I was in like our live sound reinforcement class at the time, and so we were helping like set up for that. And yeah, that dude when he was testing his mic, I mm-hmm. didn't really think about it, but then he started laying into like the. And I, was, mm-hmm. I just kind of like looked down from where I was and I was like, Jesus, yeah. he's just kind of going for it, isn't <laughs> Were he? you in a um, dude's class? Um, Baird. Uh, That's, I didn't have Merchant for that. Okay. I think he was the yeah. other one who taught yeah. that. I had Baird. Okay, gotcha. And that was Because, yeah, John Merchant is one of the professors at MTSU and he's like the BGs, like their sound guy that they yeah. like will request him out. Mm-hmm. He had to like call out of some classes and get a substitute teacher in because they were like, We've got a tour in Australia, and you have to come. And yeah. so he like flew out there, and he was like, "I will come, but dude, you've got to come and like give a lecture at our school for free." And yeah. so the dude oh. did it, and like that was oh, wow. how he got him to come to school. Yeah. But before he came, also, so I worked in the in the recording industry off department office, and we were specifically told that that one Saturday Night Live bit where they make fun of him. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, he like the- hates that. With oh, I'm a passion. sure he does. Yeah, which is I like. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not a famous person, so how, what do I know? But I feel like I would, it would just embrace it and be like, "It's silly and funny," and yeah, like they make yeah. fun of everybody. Yeah. But no, he like hates it. Um, that's it's, really I think funny. Barry Gibb also. Barry is his name. Gibb. Yeah, yeah. I, I was said Benny Gibb because that's Benny the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. sorry. So yeah, yeah. But it was it was Barry, Barry Gibb. In any case, I'm um, sorry. I just embarrassed the... myself on <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh no! Barry Gibb talk show. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one right there. I feel like if you're going to have a, a like public persona yep. that is sort of... Hold it loosely. Eccentric, <laughs> we'll say. Uh, yeah, maybe don't put your pride in mm-hmm. like everybody thinking that's super cool. Yeah. Because if it's eccentric enough, a large part of the population is going to think you're a real weirdo. Or just silly, at least. Or just, just silly. Yeah. Silly fancy boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fancy boy. <laughs> Goodness, oh, Parker, man. what is your water time? <laughs> Let us wrap this up. Because we have made so many jokes this evening. Woo. This Woo. is not this is not joke time. No. It's podcast. This is important. People don't listen this to this podcast for jokes. They listen to it for information and learning. That's right. Never jokes. People yeah. are trying to learn here. Yeah. They are studying for that test. My wife gets it's enough of my it. jokes at home. She doesn't need them on the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I already, I already teased what mine is going to be. Um, experimental music, which again, you know, when you were talking about it earlier, yeah. I thought that meant you weren't going to talk about it. Oh, no, that. yeah, yeah. That's okay. the one I am talking about. Okay, cool. Dummy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dad. Uh, no, yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Another one I thought about was like emo mm-hmm. music and what yeah. that meant. Um but I decided not to talk about that one, um, which I do. I mean, I guess just as a quick side, I remember when emo went from something good to something bad like that. Like <laughs> I remember again, like when May first came out and they were listed as an emo band and like all these emo bands and like that was really cool. And then I don't know. At some point, it turned into like when I don't know, Secondhand Serenade started doing their stuff or whatever, which is kind. They were sort of dashboard confessionally. Um, that was when it went mm. to being like pansy music for little mm. wine babies. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, I mean, that was like, the, that was the, what's the 
theme. Perception? Yeah, sure. That's a good word. That was a perception of it in any case. Um, but experimental music. So, uh, a Talking couple... about John Cage kind of stuff? No. Uh, that's, yeah. That was a I mean, that's definitely true. But like, And also dead. <laughs> also. Actually, I don't know if I could say I don't, that. I don't know. Anyway, to be honest. It doesn't matter. Um, so, it was... So, some bands that come to mind that uh, were like just purely that I thought of as like, this is an experimental band. That's what they're doing is a band called heavy, heavy, low, low. Mm -hmm. Um, the band that I mentioned a couple of months ago when I talked about fall of Troy for a second. And I mentioned the band called daughters that sounded like garbage (laughs) (laughs) and some other stuff like that. And there was a decent amount of it that I listened to. Like I fell kind of in the, I didn't lean into it too much, but then there were a lot of bands that would kind of use that stuff that I appreciated. For example, um, Fall of Troy is a prime example where they did a lot of stuff where I guess on a more practical level, what it meant was like they're doing things that are like in weird time signatures and like fairly dissonant, like guitar parts that are in, you know, minor seconds and stuff where it's like it doesn't really sound good. It's not super consonant altogether. And it's just a little crazy was sort of the idea. Um, And so I'll give real quick a. an example from uh, Heavy Heavy Low Low and this was the first band I think that I heard of that was kind of doing this and specifically was like this is experimental metal (laughs) or whatever Um, so this song called Mall Nutrition here we go is that mall spelled like a shopping mall or mall like Darth Mall? <laughs> no, like shopping mall, yeah. Darth Mall. What do you think Darth Mall's <laughs> nutritional diet is like? <laughs> yes. It's pretty. Wow, it's so beautiful. beautiful. It's it's better for you. Um, (laughs) So that, yeah, there you go. So some examples of things that you might pick out are like um, abrupt transitions from one Mm -hmm. section into another that like don't... There's not like a meter reason why it's like, we're going to just change tempo and change yeah. time signature here. It's like, uh, at this one section, we're going to do this like chuggy bit, and then we're just going to go, and then everybody get back in together, and we're going to do this thing. And so, to me, some of what it represented, too, was like, they're doing complicated-ish things but not thinking about it necessarily. Like, maybe they do know, like, this section is in 5-4. Yeah. But also, probably probably two of them know that's what it is, and the Mm -hmm. other two don't really know. Like, they're just like, I'm doing this part because that's what this (laughs) part is. I just practiced it enough, and I know this part. Yeah. And that's honestly, like, I remember um, I had a friend in high school who was, like, super, super great guitarist and, like, was super into jazz and all this stuff and, like, really great technically and stuff, and he didn't like metal 
partly because like when I told him that like Opeth or whatever has stuff and weird mm-hmm. time signatures and all that, he was like, yeah, but do they even know it? And oh, I was like, gosh. dude, you're so you're the worst. <laughs> um, and so, but that's the thing, like thinking about it, I, I would understand if this is what you'd heard, I would totally understand thinking that because yeah. I kind of think it too. We're like, again, the vocalist sounds like he recorded it, not hearing right. any of the, anything uh, else yeah. in the song. And so whereas like, you know, there's a bunch of bands where it's like, no, these are all smart musicians that know what they're doing. But then sure. there's stuff like this where they just some of them again i'm sure the drummer knows time signature well, stuff because yeah. um, how do you not kind yeah, of you kind of have to to be able to like <laughs> so this is some of these bands i've learned like the drummer doesn't just show up to practice and learn parts yeah a lot of times so like because i was thinking about this specifically with animals as leaders because mm, yeah. uh, matt gartska had a little thing where he was talking about um when he was about to go track all of his parts that he was learning the parts Mm -hmm. and what he kind of mentioned was that he actually takes like a sequencing software and sequences out everything that he wants to play over a song or he listens to like the scratch tracks yeah sequences out what he wants to play Mm -hmm. and then learns how to play it yeah (laughs) and so it's like he has to Take reverse time engineer to like figure out how to play something yeah. or like okay so this is in this time signature so that means i can like do this kind of thing uh-huh. and then line, line up play after this amount of times and yeah or i can do this kind of like shuffle afterwards or this is in this time so i can do this beat over here and then while it continues i can do another yeah so he plans out all of that stuff and learns how to play it and then records it mm-hmm. i feel like that's kind of what you have to do for some of this crap yeah because like otherwise how do you just learn how to play that? Yeah, so, I mean, with I think that's the thing with this. Uh, for example, I think you just learn how to play it because everybody doesn't know what they're doing about equal parts because it's not that a guitarist wrote something. Each other. Yeah, exactly. You're like you only figure out tiny little sections at a time, and so like a one individual section can be as weird or complicated as yeah. you want as long as you're just doing the same twenty three notes. You know, like it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much how it works yeah. out. I don't know what were you saying. Matt? <laughs> Your face in that moment was just like, uh... okay, twenty-three notes. <laughs> I think there's two kinds of people. I think there's the people that would listen to this, just regular old Joes who are listening to the Bee Gees, yep. and then they pop this bad boy on. <laughs> Honestly, this is why I went last. I wanted other people. Like, I'm sure somebody's fallen off at this so point because they didn't like, want to hear anymore. Nope, of that. I don't care about this discussion anymore. Yeah, well. <laughs> Which is totally fine. Well, this is what makes it interesting to me is is I'm, I want to know who this who the audience is for this because mm-hmm. there's a the people that will listen to this that are not musicians yep. that are just looking for a good new thing to listen to, and they have nothing here to connect to. Honestly, like they have little bits of stuff, but that's that to me is the most annoying thing is like yeah. when a song does a little thing that I'm like yeah, and then it just completely is like yeah that thing was whatever let's move on and we'll never do that again yeah this is um, through composed so don't yeah. get too attached to <laughs> no, no sort of refrain ever yeah. no sort of verse chorus verse chorus format like there's nothing for a uh, regular joe yeah to latch on to and i guess like i'll i'll be that regular joe like i i, I play music but like i i like to listen to stuff that's easily graspable mm-hmm. yep and then there's the musician types mm-hmm. who are maybe proficient in theory maybe they are the smartest Musicers of the land. Uh, I've never known any of those kinds of people that would listen to this and be like, yes, this is so smart. Like, they're so smart. Anybody who is thinking that is 
A, full of crap, or B, <laughs> just has terrible taste. But I mean, it goes back to that one bit. Uh, what's the one you talked about a couple weeks ago that was uh, the old 60s one that some people are like, it's uh, so... Captain Beefheart. Oh, yes, Captain Beefheart. Captain, like that kind of a thing, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's that same argument, just to me. And I mean, yeah. I guess I guess Captain Beefheart is maybe a little more digestible yep. than this. Maybe not. Slightly. Here's, what I, Very here's slightly. what I think. I think you're totally right on. The people that listen to this, including myself, when this was literally the only song that I knew by them, but like, mm-hmm. I listened to this by myself and enjoyed it to some degree and i think what it was was just listening for again the like i want to listen to something heavy and something kind of crazy yeah and it's listening more for that the experience of it and maybe more the emotion side of it than it is the music side and like you can get past some of the like weirder parts because you are enjoying like the heavier parts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that's why it died out was because mm-hmm. the two sides of those people that were listening to it, the people who enjoyed the the heavier and where I was looking for something heavier, looking yeah. for something heavier, yeah. uh, they went somewhere different than this for one thing. Mm-hmm. And then the people that un- like understood the musical side and all that went to a different direction, which I'll yeah. get into in actually just a second. Um, before mm-hmm. I go to that, I'm going to another song that kind of like it was kind of part of the mainstream of this not super mainstream genre so the devil wears prada um they Mm. are very mainstream within metalcore or whatever uh or just yeah that variety of metal and but their first album had a lot more of these kind of influences and i think it was just like they're just fairly popular at the time to just do that and like have kind of weird um dissonant stuff so this is the beginning of the song texas is south and this album i listened to this is off their album dear love beautiful discord and i listened to it a whole lot so uh, yeah let's check this out You know, what always bothered me about The Devil Wears Prada yep. was that <laughs> I would always listen to them and think, this sounds pretty good. And then I would think back to some live video that I had seen of them or any time mm. that I'd ever seen any of my high school friends playing in a band like this, and I was always like, this sounds terrible live. <laughs> <laughs> sounds awful. Yeah. If you actually want to listen to it, it sounds bad. Yeah, their singer If you want to dance a, with it, it's great, but man. I think just, their singer probably was a little bit like, I, I was always really sad because I'm not like a tenor. I'm very much a baritone. And so I would try to sing high stuff. Um, and just it didn't happen. So I just ended up just not doing that pretty much for well, unfortunately, that was not the case all the time. But largely that was the case. Whereas this guy, I think like can sing high and sounds pretty good on recording singing high. Not good live. But live, like just <laughs> either doesn't keep his voice long enough, yeah. like he, he loses voice early in the show. But yeah, all the videos mm-hmm. pretty much his voice is just gone. Cannot sing but a I mean, lot of his high like, notes. Not even just the vocals. Like, I mean, obviously the screaming stuff yeah. kind of sounds bad live too. A lot of times to me anyways, in, mm-hmm. in that context specific. But the guitar work and the bass, it's always just very messy. Yeah. It's never like. With with there there are metal bands that are mm-hmm. that can do it super well and are super tight. Like between the barrier to me, I yeah. was shocked. Yeah. You can watch live videos of those guys and it's like, dang, son, yeah. this is super tight. <laughs> like y'all sound really good. Mm-hmm. And but then you watch live videos and like everybody's just like, it's not super clean. Yeah. The guitars in this super chuggy, real clean. There's a lot of like space yeah. and a lot of air that's happening in that. 
I think that there's, is not I mean, happening. Live. A lot of their stuff know. more later on got a a lot better because they got better as musicians and stuff. But musicians, you drug that word out. Was like, are you having a stroke? <laughs> um, but yeah, early on, especially, I think they were just you know. Also, that, there was uh, they definitely were trying to like write good music totally. and stuff like that. Yeah. But at the same time, we're definitely going into the troops of like the troops tropes. <laughs> we're, go, we're going into the troops. <laughs> it's like, there we go. Wow, military right yeah. now. That's our Veterans Day. Oh my goodness. Um, going in, in, falling into the tropes of like you know just heavy music, heavy breakdowns. Yeah. So those guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. like they were playing into the scene more totally. so than other bands. Like it was between me and my friend James. It was always uh, between. Uh, the Devil Wars Prada and Under Oath of like oh, the Devil yeah. Wars Prada was his favorite band and Under Oath was mine like but we both like our second favorite was yeah. the other one or whatever mm-hmm. but the Devil Wars Prada I feel like played into those tropes a lot and like was trying to develop that within that scene whereas Under Oath was trying to just do whatever they were going to do and the yeah. scene kind of followed a little bit so a little bit different at least at that time and I'm not trying to no the Devil Wears Prada necessarily no, 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 but that's the but. thing I think that that said they didn't focus so much on the like practicing and get it was more like at their shows was like we're just gonna go ham so you guys yeah, can have yeah. a circle pit and do all this <laughs> yeah. stuff so their videos beat each that's other that's probably up not why they're super tight especially back in those days is cause like that they probably their didn't practice that much their was focus was not playing super perfectively yeah, was perfectly. the show in a lot of ways like the same as like the chariot or whatever yeah, I mean except totally. for I mean they're fairly musically tight I guess uh, yeah but still I'm, you watch a live video of the chariot that's and it's not, not super point. clean yeah, yeah right exactly <laughs> and they're they're there to have fun and like they you know all that kind of stuff and yeah. so I think that you know that's definitely a thing but back in the day again these kind of experimental type things were there and doing you know just weird bits where it's like adding a bar here and adding just a couple mm. you know beats and stuff in various places and then I think what so again we're talking about genres that died and experimental music I feel like just disappeared and part of that is that the folks that kept stuck around with it and enjoy doing the stuff that was more complicated f- were people who actually knew what they were doing. Like the Fall of Troy knew yeah. what they were doing in it. And then it morphed into a little bit more just intentional music where they were like, hey, you know what? What if we actually like do interesting time signatures, mm-hmm. but for like good reasons yeah, instead yeah. of just for or like even being just weird. Like not doing as much just straight dissonance stuff. Yeah, or right. if you do have the dissonance, like it's not because Purposeful. it's between your voice and the guitar part you're playing. Yeah. It's like your guitar part has some dissonance or... I don't know, because The Fall of Troy yeah. really got away from, like, their first album yeah. and their second album are very heavy on the just, like, crazy, distorted, and dissonant <laughs> guitar parts, and mm-hmm. he's doing, like, a chihuahua scream for the most part. And, but yeah. their later albums, like, he started singing a lot more, and it was a lot more melodic mm-hmm. and a lot more, a lot better song structure, and it sounds a lot closer to yeah. something like Protest the Hero yeah. or or some of those other bands that were doing more, like, kind of what I've considered like technical metal yeah. more and that's, than so I mean the Protest the Hero is the next example that I was going to give of like they were the first band that I I'd heard of math rock specifically with um, uh, Minus the Bear mm-hmm. and yeah. then heard of Protest the Hero and their genres are like mathcore and progressive metal yeah. and so mathcore I think was a very short lived genre that just like was sort of the the again the people from experimental metal or whatever that were like wait a minute we actually know what we're doing and we're doing things interesting yeah. with specifically with time signatures but and it's then, so inaccessible to anybody else yeah, and so they kind of just ditched that and went with progressive metal which is a much broader term but mm-hmm. essentially is something where it's it's metal but there's 
just a lot more. It pulls influences from also some jazz and some stuff. Yeah. So between the berry, I mean, I mean, all sorts of stuff I listen to now. And uh, it's again, it's a fairly broad term. That's kind of a catch all for any metal that's kind of thoughtful and complicated. But um, uh, but yeah, so Protest the Hero in any case was the first one that I listened to in that sense. So I want to play the beginning of the song Blood Meat. Um, which is a very song, a very fun song to play on guitar. Oh yeah, and but it's interesting because listening to the beginning of it, like especially right at the beginning, it starts super dissonant for for a second, and it seems like well, this is just another experimental thing. But then, like immediately, it's obvious that it's more. I don't know. It's technical. pretty groovy, too. yeah, and yeah. like thought out, and like they know what they're doing and mm-hmm. they're tight and that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm just gonna start that. this like scream to inhale thing at, <laughs> towards like m- 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 during one of those breaks where it's like I don't know how he goes so quickly from like the that that to doing an inhale yeah. it's really impressive yep it's it's a whole lot of fun it's yeah, yeah the second time they come back around to the dot 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 bit and yeah it's crazy it's it's just a really fun song overall it is an, um, it's an neat song so much good tapping yeah and I think the thing mm. is it's also you can tell I mean, if you listen to more of that song, the, the guitarists and everybody's like, they are more like classical music mm-hmm. inspired too. Like they're which just is, standing there and just playing. Yeah, and so it's it's one of those where they're doing it for the music's sake at this point, rather than uh, rather than for the scene's sake. So I think all that to say, with kind of the experimental things, I think the thing is the scene died out, and so the like the crappy side of that music yeah. that was only there because of the scene just fell off with yeah. it too where they were just like ah, oh, we don't really feel like doing this anymore because mm. we're gonna now just go do really sludgy heavy yeah. metal or something like that <laughs> and then leave the complicated stuff to people who really actually know what they're doing yeah yeah protest the hero is a good example of people who really do know what they're yeah. doing because like i i have at least one of their like tab books and mm-hmm. if you read through some of the like note liner notes for some of their songs it's like yeah for this song we got really inspired by like rank Mononov and this like suite yeah. of his music and then we kind of wrote this thing that's basically just ripping him off and it's like <laughs> huh, interesting i would not have guessed that but yeah. now that you say it i get it <laughs> wow yeah man no it's uh yeah it's a whole lot of fun and now i mean yeah so again and it's turned into a lot of different stuff now so like pliny which i oh, very yeah. much love um which I, I, I will commend Pliny for taking a, a genre of music that I generally don't like mm. because, like, that weird squeaky jazz that's, mm. like, kind of pop jazz, but... Almost elevator mm. music jazz. Yeah, he makes that sound really good. At, yeah, because I was listening to, it, listening to it from a progressive metal standpoint and then at some point realized there's a, it's a lot of clean guitar stuff and it's kind of elevator jazzy yeah. and like i was sort of taken aback by that at yeah. some point too i was like well that's sort of weird but then you know it's yeah, it really is progressive metal but mm. the things it's pulling from just aren't only metal it's pulling from a lot of jazz and fusion and um that kind of stuff which you gotta love i mean you don't have to i just but you should <laughs> yeah yeah 
I don't know. Yeah. Any other thoughts on genres that disappeared before we close up shop for the night? Nah. Here's my problem. <laughs> Here's Tell my me about problem your problems, with, Matt. With The Devil Wears Prada. Okay. Going back to that. Yeah. I, I want to hear your it. problems about it. So, Meryl's Troop's performance <laughs> carries that so movie. Bad. <laughs> that movie would be nothing without her. That's true. Oh, so good, I meant and to say. And any time a movie just relies on the actor or actress to, to carry it through, it's just, what you don't even have a movie at that to point. Carry you just have an actor through. doing a good it's, job. So, How long have you been holding, uh, holding on to that joke? For a while. <laughs> <laughs> so basically every Steve Carell movie that came out like in the mid-2000s is kind of the same mm-hmm. thing, I guess. And most <laughs> Jim Carrey movies. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah. most of most of Will Ferrell's work too. Actually. Yeah, they all rely on Mel- Meryl Streep. They all rely they on Meryl Streep. They all rely on Meryl Streep to carry yeah. it through. Yeah. What was that movie she did with uh, uh, Sophie's with Choice? Julia and Julia. Nope, not that one. Not that one Star either. Wars. Oh, Abba. <laughs> that would be wild. Meryl Streep is Star Wars. <laughs> she is Star Wars. <laughs> The Star Wars. I'm thinking of Martin. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Oh, she, she did a movie. Did a movie with Steve Martin. She did a movie with Steve Martin. Recently, was it? Was it no, it, it was a while back. And Alec Baldwin, I think. Goodness, I have mm. zero clue. Man, um, but a Steve Martin movie that you should watch if you haven't seen it before is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> yeah. Have you yet? No, for real. I have you guys seen, seen it? Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's. It's good. Been around for a while. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. That's yeah. all. I'm just saying, it's a sure Steve Martin a movie, one. and it's funny. It's just kind of great. funny because it's it's on that same tier. If I like walked up to a group of people, I was like, "Hey, have you all seen the Three Amigos? <laughs> <laughs> also, a fantastic movie. Uh, great movie. Uh, it really is, though. Um, cheaper by the dozen, too, though. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley has like one quote from I don't remember which one it's from. It might be the first one, but that she quotes all the time. It's um, the oldest brother is like singing a song with his guitar, and he's just like such a jerk guy or whatever. But he's just singing. Uh, I carve a, num- a pumpkin with a knife made of lollipop sticks. What? And Ashley just sings that all the time. And every time for like five this? years, I was like, what's that from again? And yeah. she's like, yeah, it's chicken, chicken. <laughs> she doesn't talk like that. But yeah. <laughs> Except for when that. she's talking about Cheaper by the Dozen. It's, it's a very accurate. serious movie. Yeah. She turns so into, and that's her like Jekyll and Hyde trigger. <laughs> you know, I would love that movie if it weren't for the fan base. <laughs> <laughs> they just have to ruin it. There's all a bunch of Jekylls. I don't remember Jekylls. which one's which. Uh, Jekyll the Dr. Normal? Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So Dr. Jekyll is the nice composed one. Mr. Yeah. Hyde There's is the, Jekylls. He's the brutish man that comes out. He's the brutish man that comes out. Not British. Brutish. Well, Oh no, I feel something but coming I guess on. it was Excuse an English. Excuse me, pardon me, everyone. <laughs> what? That was an English book, wasn't it? It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Was. I was pretty sure. It was English. Yeah. Jekyll and Jai. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Wow, Hyde. I think I'm tired today. It was. Yeah, dude, no joke. After moving all weekend, I'm jelly yep. and my brain is mush. There was a point yesterday, like, I got done playing at church and I was talking to people and I was just like, what am I even saying with my <laughs> mouth right now? I don't understand. It's so, not doing its job. On that note, yep. if you've enjoyed this episode for some reason, probably not the jokes, but some other reason, 
uh, tell your friends about it. Tell your friends that we uh, we would like for them to listen to it and that kind we of thing. We want them to hear jokes. We want them to hear our They're bad, terrible, no good jokes. jokes. Um, yeah. There's a bunch right in this room that are missing from some other vicinity in the universe right now. It's true. Um, so they probably want to claim There's those. three jokes Dude. sitting in this room right now. Oh! Oh! You I've can got a find it right there, and but, but I don't have no any symbols, symbols right yeah. now. Otherwise, I would. Yeah, but you can find us on. <laughs> that was perfect. You did it, Matt. Congratulations. Proud of you. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. You yeah. can email us at joyouseclectic@gmail.com if you want to tell us what uh, dead genre we didn't talk about or didn't reference at some point in this uh, episode of our podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Just uh, shoot us any kind of anything. Bebop, classical be- music. We did not really talk shoot much about jazz or bebop. Swing music. I guess bebop is still kind of around as much as jazz is Tin still around. Alley. Yep, there's yeah. one that kind of there's fell a off dead the face road. Of the um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with something, and it's gonna be good. That's your bottom dollar. Don't do anything we would think about having done, unless what? it's a good thing. Hey, happy Halloween, everybody! <laughs> On this spooky, spooky episode. episode. <laughs>